system. I find you in the shows and moving a great and being in the scientist comes everywhere. Guess that tune. Game of Thrones. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. You're getting good at this, man. I, I need to do a little bit of a rehearsal. We need to govern this a little bit. Give me feedback. You need, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm about as unmusical as they get. So my feedback is always going to be, sound great. Love it. Welcome back to Design System Off Power. Welcome back to the Design System Office Hours podcast. How are you doing, PJ? Lovely. I am uh, doing great. How about yourself? Very good. Very good. Uh, wanted to talk about the specific piece um, when we recorded a previous episode with our friend uh, Angelina, who's a product manager at US Bank, about roadmaps. Uh, we didn't we didn't get to that one uh, because it's a very tactical piece, but we. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of designers as a part of my uh, ADP list uh, mentorship program, and there's been a lot of questions about how do we get XYZ on the roadmap? How do we get buy-in? And wanted to talk a little bit through that uh, with you, PJ. So just so I understand how, how, hi, I am a product designer. How do I get buy-in to get something on the design systems roadmap? How, we could look at it that way. I was thinking more of like you are a design system maintainer or a person on a design system team. One way to look at this is, how do I get funding to continue doing what I'm doing? So that's like the, that's one way to look at it. Um, but how do I get funding to work on this specific project that I want to work on next half? That's more of the, the tune that I was thinking of. Got it. Okay. So there's two ways of, lo- this is just my opinion, but there's two ways of looking at this. Uh, one way is I would, I would challenge you to to not think that way to begin with. <laughs> what I mean by that is um, I, the way I try to view roadmaps is not what I want to work on or I want the team to work on, but what the company needs. So what's the company goal for this year? What are you know, what is the di- design orgs needs? What are the engineering needs? And then how can we map? How can we create a roadmap that supports those needs? Because you've instantly created justification and B, you know, it's not about me. It's not about what I want. Um, it's about what, what, how our team can support the company and, and our, our customers. So that would be the first thing. But if you really want to get something in the roadmap, what I would say is find a way to have it mapped to those company goals, have a way to show like, I'm making the money sign. How is this going to make money? How is this going to prevent, you know, present a return on investment within your team or your comp or your organization or your company? So, and if it does both, right, if it's, if it's supporting company needs and it's has a high return on investment, then I think you're, you're golden or you have the best shot of getting something approved. Yeah. Some of these may be softballs, right? So one one easy way, I think, when when I came in to to our business design system teams at Meta, uh, I went through and I I just scoured the support channels and I tried to see patterns of what are common pain points that people are um, looking for. So trying to find the right information on components was one. That, so better documentation, okay, that's 
feasible, but uh, depending on my knowledge at the time, that might that might be a little more difficult for myself. Uh, the second big one was uh, this components were not functioning properly. So uh, components, while they were at some point linked to code and generated from from React to Figma, designers were um, giving us uh, consistent feedback, not only in the support channels, but in our surveys that uh, I need to detach this uh, auto layout's not working. Um, why aren't color styles linked properly? Why aren't icons swappable? And believe it or not, if you read, <laughs> if you read the support channels and you read the surveys, you could build your own backlog and it's fairly easy to get buy-in on, on the, those sorts of things. Cause uh, especially if you see it as a repeatable pat- like pattern, uh, half over half. Yeah, absolutely. I think the one thing that at least, you know, maybe myself 10 years ago, the thing that I always missed or skipped or didn't finish this part of the the phase is the, is the, so what phase. So like, all right, people are detaching their components. So what, who cares? Why is this, why is this, how's that impacting us? So because everyone is typically constrained, there's, there's never enough food to go around, you're making cuts, right? So being able to answer the, so what is really important because people are detaching components. It's leading to this, this, and that, which is leading to this, this, and that, which is impacting our business and yada, yada, yada. So I think that's the, the, that's the big next step is there are problems everywhere, but is this a problem we're solving or is this, or can we deal with this problem for the time being? Yeah, and then going back to this, like the the nitty gritty of this, right? So, like, uh, I think uh, when I originally posed the question, I think it might have been seen as, "Oh, I, I have a cool passion project I want to do. How do I get that on the roadmap?" So that's one, right? That's one way to look at it. Or uh, I have a cool solve for a plugin that I think is going to alleviate a lot of problems. Um, how do I sell that? So going through support channels, going through feedback, any quantitative data that you could find on anything uh, that is related to this, whether it's click-through rates or detachments or any anything that you could find that could support this is a, is a great uh, tool for design leadership. They, know, they love numbers. They love big numbers. <laughs> and <laughs> you laugh at that. Um, you laugh at that. But uh, one way we usually get started is let's try to map it back to our OKRs from, from this half. So however broad they may be, uh, the OKRs have specific key objectives, right? And if you can map to those key objectives and be specific about how you might solve this, it doesn't need to be something that you do immediately, but it might be something that um, you could build the first version of this and then see how it goes. And if you get uh, you see any sort of traction, then maybe next half you could continue to do this. So it, it might be also about trying to carve out a small piece of what you think might be, um, the problem, uh, create a hypothesis and seeing if it, if it works. Yeah. That's another really important part. There's so many problems that are, that are defined, but, but how are you going to actually fix the thing and how are you going to do it in a way to where it doesn't cause more problems or is actually sustainable long-term? Another thing that's typically glossed over is this is a problem. We should fix it. Okay. But like, but <laughs> But how and like, is the solution going to be worse than the problem? Because that oftentimes is the case, you know, like we have, let's, I'm just, uh, I'm just coming up with an idea. 
this is not a Pinterest related problem, but like we don't have enough um, photo assets that we need to be able to use. We need to solve that. Okay. How are we going to do that? Okay. We're going to hire a bunch of contractors to, uh, to license us stock photos. It's going to cost a freaking bazillion dollars. We're only going to have a one-year license. Now we need to have, you know, some sort of like tracking for license and then pull those things out after the license expires. Like that is, <laughs> that's horrible. In my opinion, that would be horrible, uh, because you're creating more work and more cost down the road and just more things to maintain. And so the other thing you need to figure out is, can you actually solve this problem? Is it even worth trying to do it? Are you going to be in a better place by solving it? Um, and that can be a tough thing because, you know, a lot of times, especially if you're passionate about something, you really want to solve it. But if there's any way to take a, a, a step back and, and, and try to view it from an unbiased lens of, is this really doable? Can we really achieve this sort of thing? Or am I just signing myself up for a ton of pain after, you know, after I complete it, that's going to be really important um, because your future self is going to really appreciate your past self if you do that. Yeah. So a common, I think a common uh, artifact that design leadership may ask for is like, eh, just a document. So whether it's a, uh, I'm using quotations, a one pager, which is uh, a lot of times never one page, uh, but creating a, a one pager, I'm, I'm looking at one here that I, that I wrote, I've, I've written a handful of these now here and explaining the the historical problem, uh, setting the context for what this is, what you might see as an outline of the work that needs to be done to get to your outcome and then the, the outcome. And we try to break down then further, um, you know, no surprise. This isn't like secret, secret sauce here, how stuff maps back to the OKRs. And that, that I think that's the most important part, um, is how, how this all maps back uh, and how, how it, improves the bottom line. I think for us right now, it's very important that we utilize resourcing, uh, extremely diligently. So one of the other columns that we have, um, is how long do we think it takes? And usually what I do is when I'm writing this, I'll, I'll go and do just like a stakeholder interview with an engineering partner and say like, we have this idea, we need to fix X, Y, Z. How long do you think it takes? And they're like, ah, it takes about a week. Cool. Let's say it takes 10 days. And then We'll take, we take the estimates, give a little bit of room in the beginning of the end, and then we'll go. And it's not a, it's not necessarily like a big hurrah where there's like a meeting and we have to go through multiple rounds of this is like, um, we present this stuff to our design design leaders. And if it seems feasible, um, they'll ask for more information and they'll see if maybe uh, engineering has bandwidth to do this and it's it's signed off. So it's not, um, as much of like a, a extremely rigid process. I think what, um, our design leadership wants to do at Meta is have a more bottoms down approach where we're trying to solve these problems and coming, coming up with these, uh, roadmap items. And if they make sense, cool. Like that's, that's great on the <laughs> design leadership. Like you're getting the stuff for free. Uh, and it's, it's really on them just to foster us, uh, and giving us the space to do this sort of work, but one pager. Yeah. My, I think this one pager is two pages. Say <laughs> it's, it's a two page, one pager. One thing I've done in the past is I've, is I've tried to, um, when estimating time, I would double the time estimate. And when, um, when estimating the benefits, I would have the benefits. So meaning like it'll save, if we think it'll save designers 10 hours a week, we say, you know, 
assuming it saves five hours a week and double the time to implement it. And if we're still green or in the black at that point, that's a, that's a good sign that this is worth taking on because, you know, things always go squirrely, things always go wrong. And if, if you end up exceeding, uh, your, the return on investment in terms of the, something like the savings, then all the better, but it just insulates yourself. Um, and it's also a good gut check of like, this thing needs to be really on point and valuable to, to make the case upward. Yeah. The, you brought up the sentiment thing in like, um, a few episodes ago and obviously you don't, uh, you don't want to express that you're going to, you're going to bump a sentiment. That's a one up to a five. Like that's not possible on a one to five scale, but if you bump it up half a tick over the course of six months, I think that's a pretty significant feat. Same with something like even measuring detachments. If you're coming down uh, percentage points, I think that's a pretty big deal, especially at, you know, the scale, like, like, like ours or yours. And it's, it's really about Thinking of, like you said, think of what number that you personally want to hit and then cut that down, <laughs> cut that down by half, cut it down by 30, 33% or something that um, isn't going to paint you, you know, in, in a corner to try to achieve. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, I would really, there's, a, there is value in making big swings and making big uh, goals, but you got to be really cautious as to when and how to use them. And, and, uh, you know, if you miss on one goal, it's not the worst thing in the world. If you miss on every goal, uh, that's a problem. Uh, I also, when you are making those big swings, it's important to call that out. This is ambitious. This is like, this would be a big deal, but we want to be, we want to, we're intentionally being ambitious in our goals here, but there is value there because if you can, if you can leverage that in a way to really drive the team to focus in on that thing, uh, not in some, you know, pressure cooker way to where folks are losing their mind and, and losing sleep over it, but to really try to drive, Hey, we're really, we really want to get this up or, or down, whatever. It can be a way to drive focus within the team, but you just got to be really careful and calculated as to when, when you do that in terms of goals. Yeah. Just in terms of like time estimation, I've made the mistake personally of estimating stuff uh, a little too uh, ambitious, uh, ambitiously. Uh, I don't know what the right term for that is, uh, but it was based on how long I think I would think for myself and my primary design partner to finish things. And it was pretty fast. Uh, we don't really count other variables, whether it's sick time or vacation sometimes, or even hiring new, new designers and training them. I think sometimes we forget that there's cost involved in that. So, uh, one correction that I'm, I'm going to have to make is just explaining like, Oh, we, we did hit, uh, we did hit our target within this, uh, half this, uh, our, our project, uh, got done. Hopefully I could say that, you know, by the time this uh, podcast is uh, released, uh, but we were behind by X amount of weeks because of X, Y, Z. So it's okay to miss, uh, and it's okay if it's a, a larger initiative, but like, like you said, be sure to note that this is like a, a bigger, bigger swing, or this is like a bigger piece that maybe something that, um, wasn't originally on the roadmap that we tacked in because it was like a, an efficiency that we saw. Yeah. The other thing too, is if you have, if you have proper tracking, you can start to catch those things pretty early on, uh, and, and project that you're going to be off course. And I don't know, I can only speak for myself, but 
when I've said three months in advance that this is probably going to be delayed, that's a very different conversation than telling them three days before the deadline that we're not going to hit our goal, right? You're giving, you're giving visibility. You're letting folks know there's no surprises. It opens up the opportunity to course correct with leadership, uh, present options. So that would be my only suggestion. We, you know, we miss things all the time, you know, oftentimes intentionally. What I'm trying to do to my best ability is to, is to, communicate those things as, as, as soon as possible, as soon as I know them. So that's another thing to take into consideration. Lastly, one thing we do on the team, which I've found really valuable is um, because, you know, design systems have things pop up. When we do our planning, we, we basically have a utilization rate that we shoot for. Um, 60%, just X percent, um, doesn't matter what the percentage is, but we only plan our roadmap based off of that utilization, knowing that we're going to need buffer for, you know, time off things that come up. Um, this thing's taking longer than expected, you know, just life, just, just the typical garbage that happens. And that gives us buffer to, you know, explore new opportunities or to hunker down and really focus on something that we need to catch up on. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Especially if you're a smaller team of you know two to three people, um, accounting for not the full year, or maybe thinking about maybe even forty eight weeks out of the year, or you know twenty weeks out of the half, like that that sort of thing. Because you you never know, uh, you might run into you know or or in a a place where we lose power from time to time. You never know, like some something could happen. You, you could lose work. Um, baking that in would be good. I did want to ask you, so I was reporting, I was reporting, um, this on, um, one of the initiatives that uh, we feel that we're a, a little behind on and the drop down for the reporting for us was at risk or on track. And I was like, well, we're not, we're, I guess we're on track. We're not at risk cause we're still going to hit it, but we're going to be maybe a month behind. So what is that, uh, communication like where you feel like you're still, going to be able to complete this, but, uh, you're a little bit behind. I think this varies on project to project. If the timeline is artificial and we're intentionally letting it slide, you know, then like, is it, I don't, I don't think it's at risk. We're, we're making the intention to just focus on other things because this isn't, there's no time. There's no time necessity here. So typically I try to, I try to say like, look, we're, we're, uh, we're not going to hit our date, but this is intentional. We consider this to be a, okay. Uh, you know, I think where it starts to be another thing is like a team's waiting for something. Things are going to break is something, something that's going to impact the company or the, or team's goals. I think that's when we have to start, you know, saying that things are at risk, but if, but if we're making the intentional decision to, to push this out a little bit, to do something else, I, I personally don't consider that to be at risk. I see no risk there. I see. That's fair. Yeah. I, I think I'm looking for like a third tag that's uh, neutral. I think that's probably like the best way to, to explain. I think in Jira and I, I'm not using Jira right now, but I'm reminded of the, the labels for um, tasks. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, that seems like a very team company specific process. If the company is very um, deadline timeline oriented, then, you know, you're probably going to want to communicate it differently than, than companies that aren't. Yeah. But, um, just a reminder, um, 
I think saying something is a stretch goal or saying something that is uh, a, a big swing, I think is a very good thing. Um, cause maybe you'll get to it. Maybe it'll just take a little longer and that's perfectly a okay. Yeah. Yeah. It can be a good way to rally a team. If, if leveraged in a healthy, clear way, but yeah, you don't want to do it too often because it can be a little, uh, just be a lot for folks. Yeah. And then just lastly, we've gotten, I've gotten the question of just design systems team of one. So it's a very, you know, sad, uh, I was once in a, in a team of one, so to speak, how do you get buy-in for uh, continuing to do design systems work or making it more of uh, a roadmap, uh, consistent initiative that you could commit a good chunk of time to? Like, do you have any insight on that? Man, I nothing that nothing that just screams success. I did that at Disney Streaming, and it was a design systems team of one for a really long time, and it you know eventually it eventually. My understanding is that eventually it became its own thing, uh, but that was after I, I got off the horse. <laughs> right? So like, it's it's just it, be prepared to be perseverant. Be prepared to to repeat yourself. I would definitely communicate. This is not sustainable. This cannot continue down this path because I think we all get in the mode of like, is this on fire? No. Okay. Great. I'm not, I'm going to deal with the other fire. And if the design systems team of one is working just fine and everything's great, like we don't need to invest more people. It'll, there's a chance it could stay that way. So I think constant communication that this is, can, it's an only a temporary solution. It cannot continue this way. And then some idea for a minimum necessary headcount, ideal headcount, making the continual case and understanding that there's probably going to be a lot of no's until you get to yes. Yeah. And I think that this is where we might come into the trap of the, like the specific artifact producing whatever the specific artifact is. So whether it's finishing, um, components or the library, like if that demonstrates it for you and leadership buys into that and you get design testimonials and good feedback, great. That that's, that's awesome. Uh, but pick what you could achieve uh, because it's a, it's a lot of work and it takes, it's not something that may take you three months. It may take you six months. It may take you a year, depending on how mature or how immature your code base and your system may be. Yeah. How, how do you manage roadmaps on, on your team? How, what's that whole process look like? Uh, we do uh, the, the two page one pagers, obviously. Uh, so we have each each lead uh, that is a uh, uh, point of contact that is in charge of the project, write up uh, one of these. Uh, so there's, there could be 10 and 10 or 12, 15 of these. Uh, some people collaborate on these. I, I usually try to collaborate with another designer engineer on, on this. And I do this, uh, we plan in, in six month chunks. I usually try to do this in month four. So we are right at the time right now where I'm thinking about like, I need, I need headcount, probably not going to get headcount, but I need resourcing. So like how much resourcing do I need? And I need to be able to express uh, concern for what my, what I'm proposing. Uh, like I need this done or X, Y, Z. And if I could get buy-in on that right now in month four or five, then, then we're good. That means someone's going to help me. And like the, the, the life raft is, is coming to uh, save me uh, on this uh, project. Now, 
a lot of other designers or people in the org like to do this, you know, two weeks before uh, the half. And that that's just not enough, enough time to plan. And um, it doesn't really buy you uh, any runway for um, something being accepted. So I think doing it in, in this fashion, getting some early feedback from design and engineering leadership on this, like I, I wrote, uh, I wrote one of these uh, two page, one pagers just because I found a problem that I found that was a significant issue. And it's like, well, unfortunately, I didn't know about this last year, but I just found it. So I, I wrote it up as quick as possible. And I figured this is like a great method for engineering leadership to, to go through this and assess whether I got by. And now I wrote it in February and they said, well, we, we, we have help that uh, could help you, but it might, it, it needs to wait until uh, this engineer is done with their project in, in April. It's just cool. I'm like, yeah, of course this is cool. It's way better to do this in April than, you know, in, in August. So really trying to think about things in this sort of fashion and being able to spin this sort of stuff, um, th- this documentation up very quickly is very, very positive and will get your stuff, uh, on roadmaps. Um, it's just about trying to find out what format is the best, um, for your org. And so, yeah, all of these are, are sitting in like a private, private folder and once or twice, uh, each half we go through them as, as a whole. And then each, each, uh, individual contributor just goes through their plan. And I don't want to say it's, um, people try to poke holes at it, but they try to see if uh, what you're doing may be tied to this other thing. If your initiative maps to another one, boom, like for sure you could, you could get it done. If you have a smaller initiative and you could tack it onto like a, a big, big swing, boom, like very good. Like uh, you, you did a really good job th- at that point, like trying to tie uh, OKRs and initiatives together. So we need more hole poking in my opinion. Right. Because we, you know, a lot of the times we're trying to do too much. We don't have a full understanding of where we're all headed as a, as an organization. And so we're doing our best to try to trudge ahead, to try to forge ahead. It's probably a better word. No is turned into this mean word. It's turned into a four letter word, it's literally not four letters, but I, th- I think we need to like re-engage, re-exercise our no muscles to do less, but more important things. Uh, and just because someone says no, doesn't mean that they think you're a bad person or that your idea is bad. It's just a matter of where our focus lies and what we need, what is the most critical thing to work on. So that's one thing I'm hoping to, to really focus more on is just, no, we can't do this now. This is our focus. If this is our focus, we just simply can't work on these other things. Cause that means we can't focus on the most critical things. I'm hoping we can re-engage our nose not literally the thing on our face, not that kind of nose, like plural nose. Nope pad, right? I'm going to put it on my, I'm going to put it on PJ's nope pad. And yeah, our director had a good sense of this. Uh, and especially because, you know, times are turbulent right now, like resourcing is being stripped, unfortunately. And we should probably focus ourselves on less things that are smaller in nature, that are completable. And the last thing you want to do is, lose resourcing 75% into a project because of some unforeseen circumstance. And if you were working in smaller chunks, this goes back to our agile discussion, which we still haven't had yet. If you work in smaller chunks, you're able to get stuff out to your customers in, in a, in a faster, um, faster method. This is a whole 
art and science, just road mapping and planning uh, that I wish I was I wish I was better at. There's you know, accounting for attrition, uh, attrition rates, and and sick leave. You know, like how much how much does the average person how much how many weeks do they work? You know, what is the average amount of time that they work? And do we account for that in planning? Do we, if we have a high level attrition, how much do we account for that in the planning process? You know, either if you don't get backfill or if you do get backfill, but it takes a month to get that person, that represents a risk for your roadmap. And are there ways to average those out, aggregate those out so that you're, that you're taking that into consideration when you plan so you're not over promising and under delivering. I don't have any of the answers to this, but it would be something I would love to get better at because it just, there's a lot of thumbs being lifted into the air. <laughs> like, yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. And that is, uh, you know, inexact at best. Yeah. I'll give you a perfect example that I'm dealing with right now. So we have a, a vendor that is helping us uh, for 10 weeks. And I think the assumption is that they could do 10 weeks worth of work. I think that's an incorrect assumption, but what is the Delta there? Like, is it one week on each, each end, like uh, one week to ramp up one week to ramp down, or is it two weeks in the, in the, in the front end? Um, it, it surely isn't 10 weeks worth of hard work. Like you do need to onboard design designers. You need to uh, give them the lay of the land. You need to show them like what you're building and give them uh, a point of view. There, there's a lot um, involved there. Yeah. And there are, there are folks that are extremely good at this. This is what they do. And my younger self used to say, Oh, what do they do? Like they literally (laughs) are the glue that keeps all this together. Uh, and I would encourage us all to take that seriously, to really value it because without that skill, there's a, there's chaos, uncertainty and oftentimes unmet expectations. Yeah. One last bit, just to sort of wrap up the whole roadmap piece. And I think this is a, something that you, you just mentioned that is, is a constant problem is like, uh, we need to make sure at the end of the day, if we're reviewing all of these 10 to 12, two page, one pagers, is that, uh, they all coalesce to move the same direction, right? That's like the most difficult thing. And Maybe it's not one single major direction, but if there's two directions, whether it's like we need to get more help on support and then we need to get more help on foundations. Let's make sure that they both are headed in that. Well, thank you, PJ. This was another good one. Much longer than I thought we would go into. I thought Roadmaps was just a little quick half page document that we could could talk about. Thank you very much.